So, so there's the first mover advantage, definitely. Uh, but sometimes you also have the first mover disadvantage, right? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Matter Pod. We're really excited because today we are joined by Bob here from from Uganda. Actually, welcome to the to the episode, Bob. We appreciate you taking the time to record this podcast episode with us. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Christian, uh, for having me. And uh, it's an absolute pleasure uh, to be on this podcast. I've been, as I mentioned, you know, an avid listener and watcher, especially on YouTube. And it's been a great resource for us. So it's such a honor to be here today. Yeah, And we're really grateful, too, because you're the first Matterport provider that we've had join our podcast from Africa. And so we're really, really excited to hear um, about the Matterport market in Uganda and in the Africa area a little bit. So... <clears throat> If you want to, Bob, if you could just take a quick moment to introduce yourself and your company and maybe talk a little bit about how you got started with Matterport, that would be great. Absolutely, and thank you once again. So my name is uh, Robert uh, Bob Okello. I uh, actually am um, based in Uganda, born and bred. But I've had the opportunity of actually traveling the world a little bit, and uh, I've sp I spent some time in Europe. I spent about two years in Norway, actually, uh, and then I ended up in the States. So I spent about four years in the state of Oklahoma in the States uh, oh, before no coming back to Uganda. Yeah. So well, uh, but that makes sense why your English is so great. I mean, I'm sitting here talking, <laughs> and I'm like, man, this guy's English is perfect. <laughs> Right, so you know, in Uganda, actually, English is the first language for most people. So you know, you're learning just going to school. But yeah, definitely, I think that has helped. Uh, so, how did we get started? You know, my, my company right now, we actually just uh, had a spin-off uh, from a parent company that does a few other things. Uh, but the company that I'm mostly focused on right now is called Mojanity uh, Technologies Limited. And uh, we are mostly uh, providing uh, 3D virtual tours for uh, the real estate and tourism industry uh, in Uganda. Uh, but uh, before Mojanity uh, came into existence, you know, I was running another parent company called Marifa Sasa. And uh, one of the key services we're offering uh, as Marifa Sasa had to do with uh, 3D uh, virtual tours itself, which was a later addition. But we actually began with uh, virtual reality services. Uh, mostly in the education space. So what we are doing, you know, around 2018, 2019, basically helping Ugandan schools reimagine how they could engage with their students by offering more immersive learning experiences. So one of the most common things we see in Uganda is, uh, you know, the subjects like geography, where students typically have to go to particular sites to learn about different geographic features. And what we imagined was how we could perhaps bring those places to students and into classrooms where schools were not able to send students to. And so that's how we're uniquely applying virtual reality. But fast forward, COVID-19 came and all schools in Uganda were closed and even those physical trips were almost impossible to do. So one of the uh, clients we're working with actually reached out to us and said, well, is it possible for you guys to uh, offer us something similar to the virtual reality experiences, but one that doesn't require 3D headsets, the VR headsets? Uh, and that's where the idea of uh, the Matterport uh, 3D virtual tours came in. So our first project involved basically creating our 3D Matterport virtual tours for different uh, companies and factories across the country that would allow learners to have a more uh, 
immersive experience of being in those places without necessarily going there because they couldn't go there anyway uh, because of the COVID lockdown and the restrictions in movement. Uh, so we did that exciting project and uh, it was a bang. You know, a lot of uh, interest arose from different players beyond the education industry. And, uh, you know, right after finishing that project, the Real Estate Association in Uganda reached out to us if he could do actually a presentation to their members exploring the possibilities of uh, 3D virtual tours in the real estate industry. So we did that and we actually got our first uh, real estate client uh, after that uh, presentation which was online and Zoom. Uh, so once we did that project, basically this client has several property that they manage on their portfolio and uh, the, the, the COVID-19 lockdown was a big hit for the real estate industry because traditionally the way it works in Uganda is uh, you have the real estate agencies with several brokers that work with them and typically the brokers will you know directly engage with the customers and physically take you to every property and if you've been to a city like Kampala you know the traffic is crazy moving around is just insane but uh, you spend the whole day seeing multiple properties and still not find what you're actually looking for. And so the unique use case we actually offered them was how they could better engage with their customers, especially those who are looking to rent and those who are looking to buy a property. Uh, and so that was exactly what we did. We created uh, 3D virtual tours for about uh, the first, about three properties in their portfolio as a pilot. Uh, and, and that also helped us sort of uh, expand a bit of our portfolio in terms of the real estate space. Uh, and ever since then, it's just been um, an incredible uh, journey of uh, growth and experiences. Yeah. That's incredible. So right now, you say you're not doing um, experiences surrounding education as much. You're more so, well, Janity is focused on the real estate and the um, like travel. Yeah, travel and hospitality. Exactly. Exactly. Which is quite interesting because, uh, you know, I mean, our core business was education, edtech. And then we tinkered with this 3D virtual tour. And very quickly, uh, the real estate portfolio grew so much that it became our cash cow, actually, and our primary focus. And I think that's what informed our decision to actually have a spin-off company to focus exclusively uh, on offering 3D virtual tours uh, for uh, real estate and then uh, tourism and hospitality or travel and hospitality. Yeah. Does the EdTech portion of your business still exist? Are you guys still creating experiences for schools and education systems? Yes, indeed, it does. So what we are doing now, especially in the EdTech space and for schools, uh, mostly a lot of schools that want to uh, you know, find more interesting ways of engaging uh, with their with their parents, especially uh, and prospective students. So they're still using uh, 3D, uh, you know, virtual tours as way of doing like school visits and stuff like that. Uh, so that's mostly uh, the the main use case uh, in the education space. And we're seeing quite a lot of stu uh, schools actually, uh, you know, coming on board as well. Uh, because it gives them a more competitive edge as well, because it's something still new in the market. And uh, being able to offer that sort of experience, especially uh, for parents who may not be able to do physical school visits, uh, it's still something that uh, they see a lot of value in. Yeah. Gotcha. So if I understood you correctly, you mentioned earlier that you started creating virtual tours of you know different businesses or different places where the students could actually walk around and learn more about that specific place because they weren't able to go on field trips due to COVID and, and visit and learn about new places. 
Um, so in that case, I'm just curious, um, in that use case, was the school paying you to go out and create these experiences for these businesses, or was it the business themselves that was paying for your services? Right. So in this case, it was actually the schools that were paying us to go and create the services. Yeah. But in one unique situation, we also had uh, we, we had a development partner that was working on uh, building capacity of a lot of schools. So in that situation, they actually contracted us to work with the schools and develop all these budget to us so that the ones paying us. So we have had both situations where schools directly pay us, especially for the uh, what they call the virtual exposure visits. Uh, and then we also, we've also had situations where partners and mostly development partners working in the Ugandan education space, paying us directly to deliver such services. Interesting. So would the schools just tell you, hey, we want you to go try and create a virtual tour of this place, and then you would go to that place and ask them for permission to create the virtual tour of it, and then the school would pay you for that? Yeah, so basically the way it works is that, uh, you know, the, the school will say, okay, we have this particular, for example, module that involves uh, understanding, let's say, the coffee value chain. And we have identified this coffee factory that basically would be sort of uh, a good use case for us to expose our learners to. Then in many situations, they would actually make the introduction uh, to the company and then we would go on site. Uh, but the, so the development cool. of the process would be basically based on uh, okay, what are the learning objectives. So it's a very unique situation actually in terms of uh, how we apply the 3D virtual tours in education space. So having in mind the learning objectives and what the school wants to get out of it, and then would then you know curate that and actually you know create different matter tags and all that into the entire process uh, to basically ensure that at the end of the day, when learners go through this virtual tour, they're actually able to you know hit all those learning objectives and get some actual value yeah yeah that's crazy that's a really really interesting model actually as i'm sitting here thinking about it because really the school is telling you we want you to go create a virtual tour of this place and and what you're saying is in some instances they would actually make the intro to that place and so then you yeah. show up to that business with your camera and you create a virtual tour of it and yeah. give it back to the school and the school already paid for it but you also have an additional opportunity to begin working directly with that specific business and help them potentially display that tour on their website as well. And so it's kind of like a yeah. you kill two birds with one stone potentially exactly. if the business likes the experience that you've created and you can show them, hey, look, the school is going to use this for this purpose, but we can also repurpose this and you can begin using it on your own website or your own social yep. media channels or email campaigns, etc. So that's kind yep. of an interesting an interesting way to approach it. I've never considered or thought oh, of yeah. it before. Exactly. And actually some very interesting situation where we had, you know, this coffee company, they they do a lot of uh coffee export, uh but mostly dealing in organic coffee and fair trade coffee. And, and, and one of the things they really wanted was uh, to offer a means through which a lot of their buyers, especially in Europe, could actually, uh, you know, virtually tour their facility to ensure that they are basically following all the different protocols and all that. So, so that was a very unique situation where they actually, you know, uh, then repurpose what the school asked us to do to meet their own need as well in terms of uh, just giving their partners across the world uh, access to their facility uh, remotely.
That's incredible. That is so, so cool. I've literally never thought about using schools for that purpose. And then you also mentioned that one of the main things that you will do for school is actually create a virtual tour of the school itself and the parents can use it to walk around the school, get familiar with it. Um, because in a lot of cases you're saying parents don't have the ability to actually go and visit the school themselves in person sometimes. Exactly. Especially in the aftermath of, uh, of COVID. So one thing we observed was that schools were reopening. You know, parents were still very reluctant about, you know, the social distancing, uh, you know, structures and how schools were actually prepared to receive students back for the first time after the opening and after the lockdown. So one use case was where, you know, a particular school basically said, OK, we have set up our classrooms, you know, to meet all the standard operating procedures of how, you know, COVID social distancing and all that. But I think it would be a really cool thing for us to show our parents this so that they just get the confidence that as they take back their children to school, they know that the school is actually ready to receive their children and they're being yeah. fully compliant with all the standard operating procedures. So that was another use case where we actually saw that. Yeah. I think a lot of kids too, when they're new to a school or they have a new teacher and they're going to be going to a new classroom, I do think, at least for me personally, when I was younger, yeah. um, you kind of have a little bit of nerves on your first day or so because you're going into an environment that you're not familiar with. And so if you can yeah. provide a young student or a child with the ability to walk around the room um, yeah. and kind of experience it virtually before they go and visit it, you know, physically, I think that that can yeah. decrease a lot of the, the anxiety and stress that comes with that new environment for them. Absolutely. And actually, I think a lot of schools also see this as a way of doing sort of uh, as a tool for orientation, right? So, you know, for new students who are coming in, you know, helping them get familiarized with the different facilities of the school, the classrooms and uh, different aspects of the school. So it's an incredible tool for just doing student orientation as well. Yeah. So cool. Well, I love the, the education concept and the ability to use Matterport for some of the needs that they have. I think it's kind of an obvious use case. Um, I'm actually right. surprised because um, we haven't seen a ton of Matterport tours created for schools. Um, so I'm interested to see over the, the next year or a uh, couple years to see if it gets more yeah adoption because I do think there's a, a huge opportunity there. I think it makes a ton of sense, uh, but for whatever reason, I don't think um, schools have totally latched on to the the full capabilities and use cases of creating virtual tours of their schools. Yeah, definitely. I think I think there's a huge opportunity there and uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's largely untapped. <laughs> yeah, one, one we uh, at Open House, we've actually talked a lot about the education space in general and one use case that we thought about that would be um, super beneficial as well is if there's ever any security threat, if you ever have a shooter in the building of any kind, um, mm. to be able to give the first responders, their teams, a literal virtual tour of the entire school so that they can see exactly what the right. space looks like before they go in and formulate mm. a plan of how they're going to go and extract that shooter. Uh, right. It seems to make a ton of sense in our mind. And so Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I think that there's multiple avenues and use cases you could go down um, for creating virtual tours of, of schools. So we're excited to see Absolutely. what the future is of that. But 
Um, yep. Just a couple more questions I've got for you, Bob, here, and then we'll sure. go ahead and wrap up. What are yep. some of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now as a Matterport provider in your area? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, being, uh, I think we're in a unique situation in Uganda, especially because we are sort of uh, an early mover, you know. So, so there's the first mover advantage, definitely. Uh, but sometimes you also have the first mover disadvantage, right? Uh, it's a new technology and people are still not very familiar with it. You know, uh, when you tell people, you know, 3D virtual especially in real estate, uh, people are more used to the, uh, you know, the 3D, uh, you know, card renditions. You know, so that's the first thing that comes to their mind. So far, it's been a lot of uh, user education and actually, you know, just creating more awareness about this new alternative and, you know, the idea of an us is, you know, as built model. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would say that uh, the other challenge we faced initially, and I think this is where Open House came in quite handy for us, is when, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, the uh, clients we're working with uh, wanted, uh, one, some bit of customization, you know, so once you deliver the, the you know, the Matterport tour, they, they want to be able to have their sort of branding attached to that. Uh, but secondly, they also want to be able to have some sort of, uh, you know, access to some bit of analytics behind the scenes, right? Uh, and, and so I think for us, that was one key incentive to actually hop onto the Open House uh, platform. Uh, one, we could then, you know, do the multiple and actually, you know, put their own logo, their own colors. Uh, so that was really, really cool. Uh, but also, you know, the, uh, the Open House uh, pages, right, where we can actually send them a link uh, with a password where they can actually be able to see the basic analytics uh, on how many people are visiting and all that. So that was really handy for the real estate. Uh, so I think that uh, perhaps was a challenge that uh, Matt, you know, Open House help, helped us address uh, very, very uh, quickly. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the the aspect of user education, I think that is now coming, you know, more and more people becoming aware uh, of this new uh, alternative. We have been able to uh, engage uh, target customers on several platforms. You know, so we're actually in the process of writing an MOU with uh, you know, the Real Estate Association in Uganda. So that's the body that brings together all the real estate players. Mm. Uh, and so that's something that is very exciting because it shows that uh, we are really gaining momentum and moving in the right direction. And the appreciation uh, for the uh, multiple tours are becoming uh, more increased. Uh, so definitely the trends are pointing in the right direction. Uh, where we would like to see ourselves is, of course, move towards now, you know, how do we, uh, you know, of course, increase our capacity. Uh, we began with just a single Matterport camera. We're using the Pro 2. Uh, and uh, we, we had to do a lot of interesting things, especially where, you know, there were aspects of uh, outdoor scans. Uh, you know, using the silver twilight and just scanning early in the morning and late in the evenings. Uh, we, we did a lot of uh, interesting uh, projects that required us to walk around the, uh, you know, the silver twilight and all that. Uh, and so we're quite excited about the uh, the Matterport Pro 3. Uh, and uh, that is the next item on our, uh, you know, on our list of equipment we need to purchase because I think, you know, there are a lot of uh, possibilities with that, especially with the outdoor scans. Uh, so that's exciting uh, because that was one of the biggest challenges we had. You know, when you have a project and you see that uh, there's a lot of outdoor scanning involved, uh, we had to find a lot of ways of working around that. But uh, with something like uh, the Matterport Pro 3, which is optimized for outdoor scans, uh, that's quite exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to create tours of spaces that 
previously were really difficult. You could do it with a BLK camera, or you could do it like you mentioned early in the morning or late in the evening, but <clears throat> with the Pro 3, the ability to just quickly go outdoors, capture any space, you can go indoor and outdoor yep. and connect the two spaces together. Exactly. I think that, that drastically elevates the, the end experience for the user. So um, we're really yep. excited about the different tours that are gonna be created in the future using the Pro 3. But um, one last question I've got for you, you mentioned, um, that one of the trials you face is being a first mover and people aren't very familiar with 3D virtual tours. They think CAD or they think um, computer generated stuff, which usually is really, really expensive. And so it's yeah. difficult to help a somebody who's new to the space understand what you're offering them. So how have you guys gone about trying to overcome that obstacle of being a first mover and helping break down um, to the, the potential customer why they should let you or why they should be interested in you creating a virtual tour for them. Yeah, absolutely. So I think first one of the first uh, you know strategies we devised and put in place was to ensure that uh, we have uh, multiple use cases across multiple sectors. So whether it was education, making sure we do something in education and real estate, just have something in education, travel and hospitality, have something there. So we focus on creating multiple use cases, which then, you know, whenever we approach a prospective or a new client in that sector, we have something to show them uh, that is actually, you know, local use cases, right? Uh, because at the beginning, we didn't have so many scans, so we'll just, you know, go to Matterport and share them a link from some property in the U.S. or in the U.K., uh, and a lot of them were just in this belief. They're like, nah, this cannot happen here, right? So having local use cases was very, very important for us at the beginning. Uh, but something else that we did was, of course, ensuring that, uh, you know, we made ourselves uh, available and visible on the right platforms. So I mentioned earlier our, you know, partnership with uh, the Real Estate Association of Uganda, you know, targeting such sort of associations where we knew we would be, you know, hit one target and basically hit everyone uh, within the sector was really, really key. So that was another strategy we used. So on such platforms, our key goal was to really, you know, help people be exposed to this new technology, but then also really educate them on the differences between 3D virtual tours and of course the computer generated graphics and all that. Uh, we did the same for travel and hospitality as well. They have a similar association that brings together all the key players in travel and hospitality in Uganda. We went there and again, you know, gave you know a lot of presentations and just uh, you know user education on uh, the applications of uh, the Matterport 3D virtual tours in their particular sector. So I think those two approaches were perhaps first the most impactful, especially in sort of. Uh, clearing the uh, the clot at the beginning and beginning to get people to actually uh, get interested and see the possibilities of this. But I think another perhaps a bonus is um, how we were able to show, so for example, for real estate, you know, showing that uh, by using a multiple virtual tour, you can actually uh, help reduce time on the market, which is a big one. Uh, but secondly, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people are looking for properties are just, you know, in this market, they're fed up of how brokers operate. That this idea of just roaming around the city uh, for weeks in the property search process 
and still not finding what you like, right, uh, is something that uh, I think uh, a lot of people like. Uh, and for a lot of agencies that were really, really keen on uh, creating a more enhanced customer experience, uh, they jumped in very quickly because we're solving a real pain that their customers are actually faced. So really showing the uh, potential upsides and the savings, especially that uh, using this sort of uh, technology brings to the board, uh, also I think helped us to uh, gain more momentum with our prospective clients as well. Yeah. Super, super interesting. Yeah, I think that's a way, good way to go about it. I mean, first of all, go and creating scans of local potential customers to kind of facilitate competition a little bit because if you can show, hey, your competitor over there, we just created a virtual tour. Exactly. Brand. Are you sure exactly. you don't want to do this? <laughs> kind of opens their eyes yeah. a little bit. And so And it works. It works. Yeah, yeah. It works. And even if you did it for the competitor for free and you're just like, hey, yeah. can you just do this for fun? The next person that you talk to doesn't know that you did that for free. And so it's an easy way to try and, and open their eyes to, oh, well, if they're doing it, yeah. I should probably consider should probably doing do it, it as well. So yeah, and I think exactly. the inside of, of going after associations where a lot of eyeballs from big players in the space are, are looking at, that makes a yeah. ton of sense as well. So those two pieces yeah. of advice are, are super great insight. We appreciate that. But Bob, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on this episode. I think that uh, our listeners, there's a lot of cool insights that they can glean from the conversation that we've had so far. So we really appreciate it. If somebody wants to reach out to you um, and ask you further questions about your experience, what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Absolutely. So, you know, you can reach out via email uh, and the best email would be hello, like hello, at mojanity.com. That is uh, M-O-J-A-N-I-T-Y. Dot com. Hello at Mojanity.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is Robert Bob Okello. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Okello, Twitter at Mr. Okello, Facebook at Mr. Okello. So consistent <laughs> across all platforms. Just hit them all. <laughs> Hit them all. Yeah, them yeah. So, so that's uh, absolutely. And you can also check us out at uh, mojanity.com, our website, and uh, you'll also be able to uh, see a form where you can reach us out there as well. Uh, but thank you so much, Christian, for having me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've been a big fan of this podcast, and so you can imagine how honored I am to be uh, as a guest for you today. So thank you so much, and, uh, you know, let's keep building. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. We appreciate it. Just trying to, to help out everybody here in the space and kind of break down some of the barriers and, and really help all Matterport providers all over the place in any way possible. So we appreciate you helping the Matterport community in general with the insights that you have. So thanks so much, Bob. Thank you.